Amen. Amen. Lord, you are worthy. You're worthy of every soul and tongue because your blood is so precious and so holy. And Lord, you are worthy. And Lord, we're a church that wants us, the whole world to know about Jesus and the blood you shed to redeem mankind from, from their sins. And Lord, tonight, we just thank you. We want to preach the gospel, and we have been from this pulpit, Lord, from this church. And Lord, until every soul is one, that's the goal. Lord, if it were all possible, that every last soul would be one. We know that you're not a, you're not, uh, you wish that no one would perish and all would come to repentance. And Lord, I pray that today. Those that hear the message today, as we look at beautiful things in the Old Testament that even point to the New Testament, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear and understand and see Jesus written all through the scriptures as we're studying in Genesis, Lord. Lord, to you be the glory. That's what it's all about. We could die and be forgotten, says that song, as long as you get the glory. That's all we care about, Lord, because you, wo- you alone are worthy. Certainly wouldn't be me. And I know the people in this church would say it certainly won't be them. It will be you who is worthy of all glory and praise and honor forever and ever. And we thank you, Lord, for our redemption, for our salvation, for our healing of body, soul, spirit, and mind. And we thank you with with all of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord, amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Beautiful, beautiful worship. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, listen, before I got you up here, for those online, you're listening to Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches, and I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're you're here. We're in South Florida, 2810 High Paluxo Road, Lantana. So if you're on I-95 and you're close to High Paluxo Road, turn off, go west a half a mile. We're on the north side of the road, Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. We're just a little church, but we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus here. It's not about the pastor, it's about the master. It's not about the elders or the deacons, it's about the master, Jesus Christ, and him glorified. But today I want to take special prayer right now because, you know, our sister on, who everyone knows, fell off a ladder a couple of days ago, and uh, she was out picking mangoes in her yard, uh, and uh, the ladder gave in, and she fell from like the five-foot ladder from the second to the top step and uh, fractured six ribs and punctured, pierced her her uh, lung. And she's still in the hospital. She might be coming home. The doctor was walking in when Liz was talking to her about 6 o'clock. So the doctor was going to give her a report and either send her home or keep her. We don't know. So let's pray, okay? Father, we want to lift up our sister on to you, Lord. She loves you with all of her heart, Lord. And Lord, she would, if it was up to her, she'd stay home and and if it wasn't for her daughter, Lord, she wouldn't uh, even go to the hospital. She'd just trust you for the healing. But, Lord, she was smart enough and wise enough, Lord, to go to the doctors and and um, and uh, make sure that she was taken care of, Lord God. So we just put her in your hands, Lord. This is a woman of faith who loves you with all of her heart, as you well know. 
And Lord, we just lift her up before you. Uh, protect her, keep her, and bring a healing touch to her quickly, Lord, for we miss her. She's already gone tonight, and we miss her already. So, Father, bring her back to us healthy, you know, as soon as she's able. And, I mean, I know Ellen will give you the glory. There's no one else that she loves any more than you. Amen and amen. Amen. So, Genesis chapter 27. You all know about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, we're on... Uh, Isaac this week, and and Jacob, and Esau, of course, as you you well know. I'm reading from the New American Standard here, um, Genesis 27 verses 1 through 4. Now it came about when Isaac was old, his eyes were too dim to see, that he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, and he said to him, Here I am. Isaac said, Behold, now I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear and your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare a savory dish for me such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before I die. This is the firstborn son's birthright. You know, he was to, to uh, get the father's blessing. And um, as we well know, we read that when, when uh, Rebecca was in childbirth, you know, one baby grabbed the heel of the other baby, okay, as, as the babies were coming out. Esau was born first, and then Jacob. Now, Jacob... You know, his name means heel catcher or deceiver. You know, uh, he has that. His name is telling him what he's going to do, I guess you could say. For pretty much a lot of us are named, and, and that's one of our strong points. You know, if your name means uh, faithful or, or uh, joy or happiness, you know, a lot of people are named that way. So anyway, um, we know that, that when the blessing was given, God said that the younger, the, uh, the older would serve the younger. So we see that God, you know, has chosen who is going to be and get the birthright. We're going to find out in this chapter that, that uh, Rebecca is, not going, is going to help God out. Just like Sarah asked God, uh, Hagar, Hagar, to help him out. Okay? Well, God doesn't need any help people. You guess you know that, right? So anyway, here we go. Isaac was old. At this point, he is about 135 years old. Okay? He lives to be 180. So he's blind from, say, 135 on up. He actually lived a whole lot longer than he thought. And I think it has a lot to do because Esau vowed to kill Jacob as long as, as soon as his dad dies, I think God kept Isaac alive so that Jacob would be spared because he, of course, is the bloodline to Messiah, as you well know. Isaac is old. Jacob and Esau, the twin brothers that are not identical twins, they are about 75 years old at this point. 
about 75 years old. Well, here's Isaac. He calls Esau, and Esau was his favorite son. Esau was the daddy's boy, okay? And Jacob was the mommy's boy. Remember, Esau was very hairy. He was red, and he was hairy. And Jacob was a mommy's boy. He was smooth. You know, he, he was, uh, I guess, gentle, too gentle. He wasn't a hunter, obviously, you know, like uh, Esau was. Isaac assumes that Esau will carry on the family legacy, even though it was called by God that, that the younger, the older would serve the younger as they came out of the womb. So he's, at this point, he's going against God's word. Listen, when you go against God's word, you can better believe something. You're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. That's all there is to it. Isaac assumes that he's going to carry on the fa family legacy because in Genesis 25, 23, God said that the older will serve the younger. Here's what it says on that verses. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. That's what the scriptures say. That's God talking. As I always said, it doesn't matter what you believe. If God said it, it will happen. Your belief in God's word will make it happen a lot quicker. It will come to pass. <coughs> Excuse me. God's not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of a man that he should repent. He has spoken and he will do it. That's, that is absolutely true. God sets out his word. It accomplishes exactly what he set it to do. It does not returning void. It will accomplish exactly what he said it would do. Isaac allows, you know, his favoritism to come before God's word. You know, in families today, I guess you know a lot of children, they say, well, she's your favorite or he's your favorite. And this proves that even in the biblical family, you know, there were, you know, there were the uh, favorites. Isaac had his favorite and Rebecca had her favorite. But the birthright, according to God's word in Genesis 23, 25, 23, was the older will serve the younger. And we're going to see uh, Rebecca help God out. And she really messed everything up. Verse 2 says, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Isaac believes he's on his deathbed at 135, but as I said, he lived to 180. He actually lived another 45 years or so. Another 45 years. So he says to Isaac in verse 4, make me savory food that I may eat. That's Isaac's dying wish, a favorite meal of his of wild game that Esau was going to get and prepare for him. Listen, Isaac here is led by his appetite. We also know that, that Esau was led by his appetite, if you remember at one time. At one time, he said to Jacob, you know, um, give me some of your bull. I'm about to, uh, to die. And what did Jacob say? Well, sell me your birthright for a bull. 
He despised. This shows you that Esau despised his birthright. Listen, if you have a birthright in a Jewish family or a birthright, you know, it's, it's uh, a big thing. Esau despised his birthright. You know what? A birthright in the Jewish tradition carries on the spiritual blessing of the family too. You know, it's not only you, you are the firstborn son, you get the birthright. You know, you, you, know you, you are responsible for the spiritual well-being of the family. And Esau was not that type, as we well know. The scriptures speak against it as we go along. We'll be coming into some scriptures, you know. So we can see right here, there's an ancestral sin again appointed uh, to. Just like in Deuteronomy 5, Exodus 20, 20, you know, where God says, honor your, you know, no, he says, honor your father and mother, and, and then the sins of the forefathers will pass on to the third and the fourth generation. So we got to be uh, knowledgeable of that. If you turn to Romans chapter 9, we'll go into the New Testament here. Romans chapter 9, verse 12 and 13. Here's what it says. It was said to her, the older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I hated. Whoa, strong words. Strong words. And those are God's words. So don't sit out there and sit there and say God doesn't hate certain things. He hates sin. He hates the devil. He hates Esau, obviously, because he sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. Esau was led by his appetite, just like, you know, and Isaac now is being led by his appetite, which is a bad thing to do. Verse uh, 4 continued, that my soul may bless you. Again, the blessing is passing on. This is the spiritual mantle, mantle that's passed down the family line. Um. You can do the right thing the wrong way, and that's what we're going to see as we come along. So see, even the Romans, when Paul writes a book of Romans, we see that he's talking about Esau, you know, and, and, and the birthright. So let's go to, to um, verse 7 through 5 through 17. I'm sorry, 5 through 17. Let me read it. I'll need it from the New King James. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and, and um, Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make a savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I commanded you. Now go to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of goats that I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then he shall, you shall take it to your father that he may eat and that he may bless you before his death. 
And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am such a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me. Listen to those words. Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids on the goats, of the goats on the hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she sent the savory food and bread which she had prepared into the, into the hand of her son Jacob. Here's a plot of re, 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 uh, deception going on. Rebecca heard what, that Isaac was going to bless Esau with the spiritual blessing of the family the firstborn's birthright, and she, she begins to derive a plan and deceive her own husband. And she, you begin, here begins the deterioration of the family. This family is now dysfunctional to a big degree, just like many homes. Did you ever think of that? You know, our forefathers, they even had dysfunctional families. So don't be upset if you come from a dysfunctional family. We're all dysfunctional in some way or another. So Rebecca and Jacobs are prepared to deceive Isaac. And Rebecca, you know, understands and favors Jacobs, as you well know. And God promises Esau will serve the younger, the younger who is Jacob, as you see right here. Rebecca is setting out now to help God. She knows what God said, according to Genesis 25, 23. She knows what God says, but she's going to help him out, and it really messes up. And that line I just we just read, you know, she says, let the curse be upon me. She's going to receive that curse. I'll show you what it is as we move along. So we know that there's always a war going on it goes on in our spirits you know it goes on in families but the scriptures are very clear it tells us to wait upon the lord they that wait upon the lord we know shall renew their strength they'll mount up with wings like wings like eagles they shall walk and not be weary they shall run and not faint we know the scriptures we know that it's it's written this wasn't written for rebecca to read but it was definitely in their hearts at that time. Um, a true believer understands the irrevocable power of the Word of God. God said it, settles it. You remember those bumper stickers? I used to love them. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Listen, you don't even have to believe. God said it, it will happen. And as I always say, you believing it will quicken it. Rebecca obviously didn't believe it, or she wouldn't have devised this deceptive plan. And now a curse will fall on her. Jacob understands this is wrong. He says, you know, I'll br this will bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. And Rebecca says, you know, I'll take 
the curse. And you'll see that as we move along. Devils will try to deceive you into thinking uh, things like that. The devil's always out there. He's called the deceiver in the Bible. We've got to watch it out. And the devil was obviously very active right here in this situation. You don't see the devil that much in the Old Testament. He's only mentioned like 15 times. 13 times is in the book of Job. He's very seldom mentioned. It's mentioned once that, that the devil caused David to number the fighting men of Israel. And it says that there, you know, there's a couple other places that the devil's mentioned. Zechariah chapter 2 or 3, you know, where the, the high priest Zechariah, not the Zechariah that wrote the book, but another Zechariah, you know, he was uh, saw a vision and the devil was in that vision. So, but listen, the Old Testament saints did not have authority to bind back devils. The blood of Christ wasn't shed. Jesus did not defeat the enemy on the cross. We know that Daniel, you know, found out he, he had no idea there was a war going on in the heavenlies when he prayed for 21 days. He had no idea until, until uh, the angel showed up and told him. And listen, the reason why God, the answer hasn't come yet is that, you know, we're fighting in the heavenlies and we didn't, you know, when Michael came, we broke through. Michael the archangel. So we see that Daniel had no idea about demonic forces. I'm sure they had a little knowledge of them, but they didn't have a lot like we do today. We have total authority over the enemy. Um, Rebecca accepts that responsibility. Let your curse be on me. It was well-intentioned, but it was wrong. Your sin will hurt other people. Rebecca's sin, it caused division in the family between uh, Jacob, Isaac, and, and um, Esau, and Rebecca. I just wonder, after this deception, what Esau thought of his mother when he knew that what she had done and deceiving him and destroying of his birthright. There must have been a big problem. It isn't mentioned, though. Um... Your sin will hurt other people. So take uh, divorce today. You think it doesn't hurt anybody? It hurts 